solutions? Well, you've hit the nail on the head. That's that's part of the issue, right? And already so many uh, children that are able opt out of that school district, right? With school mm. choice. And so uh, they go elsewhere. That's one of the issues. It's so that is an actively avoided school because of the problems. In, in a lot okay. of ways. Yeah. All right. Um, and so we, we know that statistically. Um, but I, I think the bigger issue here, and this is one of the reasons why uh, Captain Kinsella and Marilek D.C. Reeves asked me to join Dr. Kim Thomas, who's a principal of a school mm-hmm. um, working within the system, right, and ask me to join her as a co-chair uh, on this education committee is because of our work from a community perspective in education with Parent University, with the Dixon School of Arts and Sciences. Um, and so when I look at Warrington, what I see is a community that, that doesn't need necessarily an education fix. It needs mm. a community fix, mm-hmm. right? And, and too often in this community, uh, whether it be other government agencies or just business leaders, we kind of say, well, that's a school board issue. Hope they fix it. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's a recipe for failure. And, and, and honestly, um, you know, the pockets of poverty, the places we've seen the, the, the least community building is where we see our biggest challenges. And so I think one of the, the solutions here, whatever happens, charter school, uh, this school is closed and, and, and students are moved around, the community has to get involved. The business community, uh, the city council, the county commission, we need that kind of involvement to assist. I mean, you know as well as I do, as uh, Ms. Cannon Wynn, the, the education isn't just what you learn in a classroom, mm-hmm. right? What do you go home to? What's, is, is it safe? You know, are you fed at home? Um, what's that environment? And so that's, that's, I think, the real issue in Warrington and so many other places in this community. Yeah, to think that like what's going on at Warrington is simply a byproduct of which teachers or which curricula or something like that, yeah. as opposed to being a byproduct of all the things mm-hmm. in the community that are going on. And then how do you address all of that, Jewel? It, it, it is... It's a community. Education is a community. All of the children in this community are part of that village that we help. Uh, I, I do feel that the Warrington uh, and the issue of of poverty, and and I grew up poor. You know, I I'm a product of poverty, and many people are. But just because you are la- you have that label of poverty, which I hate all of the labels <laughs> that the school system has put on. On, on kids because it sometimes limits or hinders uh, a student's achievement and growth based on the person who is uh, looking at that label. You know, just because I'm from Addicts Court, just because I'm from Mars Court, just because I'm from this area does not mean I cannot achieve. And so you have to begin with changing that particular attitude, that, that social economic labeling on our children. I, and I think for the city, I mean, I would like to see our community centers during the summertime turn into tutorials, that you have actual teachers in yeah. there. Some of our students are, are not able to catch data. I mean, if even if we followed the data that has been presented over the years that say our kids at the end of the school and they go to summer, they fall so far behind. If we had just been following that data and being able to implement programs to stop that decline mm-hmm. and that achievement over there, 
Warrington would be in a better position than it is now. And we have not followed that data. We have to follow that data. It is a community effort. And I think that there's a role for the city of Pensacola for education of all yeah. our children. Yeah, and I think that in, in community centers being used for VPK and those things, I mean, we're only five counties with less percentage participation of children eligible in VPK than Escambia County in the whole state of Florida. That's hmm. a ticking time bomb. Um, but we, we were talking about e-dates before we got on. Well, where are we doing our economic development? Is it in these pockets of poverty? Yeah. Is that where we're creating jobs? Or are we doing it in places that are far away from these communities that don't have good personal transportation we don't have a good public transportation system right. and so so we leave these these communities to to further be impoverished so our economic development matters to our school outcomes the crime and the safety matters so all these things tie back together and just more tutoring that's we need that but that's not going to solve the problems of the communities uh and we as a community as a whole have to look at that and and you know to his credit though i i don't know that he's accomplished a lot in remedying this this is something that lumen may commissioner may is always screaming about is you know we're putting all this effort into economic development and getting businesses here is it really benefiting the people who need it the most is it really providing jobs for you know basically his zip codes which is a fair question you know, because as you said, uh, especially if we, you know, bring big companies here and they locate somewhere that's, you know, outside of transportation, outside of District 3 or outside of Warrington, uh, how does it help those folks who need it genuinely need it the most where we're not just creating industry, but where we're, you know, helping citizens have an access to something that they need? We're going to take our first quick break. We're talking to Rusty Branch and Jewel Canada Win here on The Wrap. I'm Andrew McKay. Candy Cullerton has traffic on the fives. Okay, and uh, traffic on the fives is brought to you by Executive Landscaping. Big enough to get the job done and small enough to care. 250-3756 for a no-hassle estimate. Watching a couple of accidents. It looks like Dog Track and Blue Angel uh, showing an accident, but no roadblock. Fairfield and 98 near the Tom Thumb accident, but no roadblock. Uh, it is blocked, though, at Shemukla Highway and Norris Road. Really tough to get around. You have traffic tips, 437-1620. Candy Cullerton for News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. You know, when I tell you about uh, high-end imports like Beamers and Porsches and Mercedes and Lexus, you might think, well, you know, I got to take those to the dealership to get them repaired and serviced, right? No. No, you don't. You can take them to Bobby Lycus Auto Service right here on Davis Highway. They work on those vehicles all the time, save you a few bucks, also conveniently located here instead of somewhere else typically. Uh, if you've got a diesel truck, you might think, again, specialty, you've got to take it to the dealership. No, Bobby Lycus works on those all the time. So whatever the car, the truck, the van, whatever they do, they do take care of it. They were rated a 2021 Carfax top-rated service center at 4.5 average, average reviews or above. And their philosophy is they want to see you more regularly so that you don't have to see them for the catastrophic and the unexpected stuff. That's the idea. Bobby Lycus Auto Service right here on Davis Highway. An affiliated insurance reminder that open enrollment for health insurance starts November 1st. This year, enroll in a Florida Blue plan. Get personalized support from an appointed Florida Blue agent. Their agents are trained to help you find a health plan that fits your lifestyle and budget, not theirs. It's about finding the right plan for you and not the pricing. Call 850-477-5840 to schedule an appointment with your Florida Blue agent today. Policies have limitations. Health insurance from Blue Cross Blue Shield, Florida, Inc., BBA, Florida Blue. Vote yes. For more jobs. Vote yes. To help local businesses grow. Vote yes. To lure businesses to Escambia County. Vote yes for the economic development. Ad valorem tax exemption. The economic development ad valorem tax exemption, known as E-Date, has been in place in Escambia County for 30 years. A driver for economic growth. In the last three years, E-Date helped create 5,400 new jobs and $1.2 billion in investment in Escambia County. Vote yes. For the economic development ad valorem tax exemption. Paid political advertisement paid for by Elevate Escambia. P.O. Box 30052, Pensacola, Florida, 32503. 
Coming up on November 8th, it's the midterm elections. Tune in that night to listen to Andrew McKay and Bobby Rossi break down local, state, and nationwide election results. Mojo. But you gotta have mojo, baby. Yeah! So I find myself in the middle of a very robust conversation about education. That's why I love doing the rap, because I never know what's going to happen. And uh, we've got Jewel Canada win, of course, a former dean in Escambia High and Woodham High and a former social studies teacher uh, at uh, Tate. Do I have that right? Did I get that all right? I think yes. I got it. And also, yes. of course, 14 years on city council, emeritus, mayoral candidate. She did not win, but that's okay. Uh, I appreciate that you ran. I don't know if I've said that to you personally, but I certainly appreciate that you ran. And um, Rusty Branch, who is with Innisfree Hotels, vice president of community engagement. He's also on the D.C. Reeves Transition team and i know him as the pastor <laughs> who lived down the road from us when we first moved here all right we were talking about education we we're talking about warrington middle school the need for uh, kind of a whole of society reform in all the features that go along and both of you in the break were like andrew i got follow-ups i got to say something jewel go ahead what, what what i want to when we look at the whole perspective for example uh the, the what the city's role should be and what other agencies' roles should be. Mm-hmm. Everyone comes together. One of the things when you're talking about younger children going to uh, VPK or uh, uh, that early Voluntary education. pre-kindergarten, right. by the way, uh-huh. just in case people and don't we, know. And we need to have my, my little three-year-old babies going to school because some of them are not just ready uh, for that. But when you look at that, there are some social issues that have to be addressed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, are the kids going to be able to get to school? The kids can't get out at 12 o'clock. So they're in there. So if mom, dad, whatever, grandma, all are working, what happens to the church? So there are total vision that goes into the plan. And sometimes you don't look at that whole picture. And the whole community has to come involved and get involved to fill that picture in so that that baby can get to school and that parent is able to manage that type of transition in there. So it is a holistic approach to dealing with some of these issues uh, in the school system. And the other thing I wanted to say is sometimes we kind of act as if our school system in Escambia County still does not produce lawyers, doctors, scientists. It does. Mm-hmm. We we still, we have a good school system that produce great children. We just have, like with anywhere else in this country, we have issues that no child should be left behind. Every child should be able to see their vision and the success. And so that's what I wanted to We, we have the resources to do great with the kids who come prepared mm-hmm. and with the kids who uh, a lot of times have the benefits of, you know, home support and Unfortunately, as you said, a lot of times we structure our solutions around the assumption that they have that stuff. And that's what you're getting at is, you know, maybe can't, you know, mom can't pick them up. And maybe that's a disruption because she needs her job or her second job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to think about all those things when you're designing this. And, Rusty, you know, you had a follow up you wanted to make. I also wanted to have you talk a little bit about Parent University. Yeah. Uh, this came up in a county commission meeting recently and or not the county commission meeting. Maybe it was. I forget. No, it was there or the, 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 the round table. And uh, Commissioner May, um, I mean, clearly didn't understand what you you do and I thought that was unfortunate because it's doing a lot to help people that he wants to see helped um, I don't, you, you said you had a follow up anyway you wanted to make so well, whatever we'll, you want to we'll, say we'll go to parent university because I think this is key to what we're talking about here um, and we've uh, Michael O'Neill who's the CEO of parent university has met with uh, Commissioner May since then oh, and good. Uh, working together so Commissioner May is, is on board I think he was that evening um, just didn't fully understand all that we have been doing and mm-hmm. the amount of uh, 
you know, contact. I mean, here's one of the issues. We talk about parental involvement. Oh, that's the problem. Parents aren't involved. Or, you know, we had open house. And, and sometimes that becomes a substitute for, therefore, we can do nothing. Yeah, well, there's, there's nothing to what do, What can we right? do? We can't yeah, fix we that. We do right. all this stuff here at school, and then we send them home to parents who don't care. Um, well, parents do care, right? And we have open houses at schools and say, well, only one parent showed up out of all the parents. Well, when did you have open house? Well, it was at 5, 36 o'clock. Did you have food? Did you have childcare? Was mm-hmm. there any transportation offered? Because when we do that at Parent University, when we say on a Saturday morning at Montclair or at Lincoln Park or at Sherwood, we say to the community, hey, if you want to come lear- learn more about how to be a good parent, we'll make sure there's childcare here for you so you don't have to worry about your kids. We'll feed them breakfast. We'll feed them lunch. Uh, and you'll get the opportunity to have these resources. So what do we get turnout? Not one. We get two, 300 parents show yeah. up, right? Um, and we're ensuring that they have access to resources that help them with food insecurity, um, that help them, the th- stuff that Commissioner May mentioned the other night, uh, gas and transportation, uh, all those kinds of issues. So I think the way we approach these communities, I mean, the point I was going to make earlier was about economic development needing to be a part of this. And I know Scott Luth is very much in tune with this, but as a business community, we need to think about this. Julian McQueen did a study in Brownsville about a grocery store. Food insecurity is a big issue to him and to us at Innis Free in the Hive. As, as a resident of District 3, I will tell you that you've basically got to leave District 3 to find groceries. Yep. So we did a study. We brought in someone. And uh, one of the things that came out of that study that said, if you live north of Cervantes and west of Pace Boulevard, you're less than 30% likely to have not own a car but have access to a car yeah right so we need job opportunities in that community that people can walk to that people can bike to uh we need we need vocational training in that community not at george stone george stone is great but it's hard to get there right, right? you're talking about right. the new bike path through but to get up there from some of these pockets of poverty so those are solutions that would help all of our children our parents our community as a whole our military People don't want to come be stationed here because they don't want their kids in our school system. It, it's it's a big problem if we as a community don't start addressing it and stop saying, well, that's just the school system better fix it. And I, I hate to make it this way, but I'm going to make this point. Uh, and here we are squabbling about whether perks of a wallflower need to be <laughs> removed. And it's not that it doesn't matter. It does. We're trying yeah. to comply with the new state law, sure. trying to make sure that we don't have obscenity in the class. And uh, that's all fair. But... Sometimes it feels a bit like the big stuff keeps getting not addressed and something like this that, frankly, as a talk show host, that's very easy to talk about and wrap my brain around because I I don't know how to solve the other stuff. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so we go through the process and this, you know, big... uh, We strain the gnat and swallow the camel. Yeah, no, exactly (laughs) right. We're tithing mint and cumin and neglecting the weight of matters of the law, right? And we're sitting around here going, (laughs) why the bad outcomes? Uh Yeah, why why they are. Yeah. I know you, sometimes you, people think, well, you know, these are going to poison our children's mind and, and they're going to do that. It, you know, some some of the greatest literature has stuff in there that that is not appropriate. But I do think parents should be involved in that. Absolutely. There should be a section in the library where you have to have parental consent for children. We think our children are not exposed to this. It is not so. Our children are exposed to more than they think they are. And some conversations as a dean that I've had with students, I was not amazed. I was kind of, well, you know, where you get that? They'll show you where you get all of this stuff from. So our kids are exposed Mm. to that. So how do you deal with that, that they come to school, they access all of these things that what we 
think are inappropriate or not age appropriate for them? And how do you uh, deal with that? And so as education, we should be able to say, this parent, this is what your child wants to check out. And, and involve, again, involve want? them, right? Again, yeah. you involve that par- parent in that conversation. And, and we're talking about restricting books. We want children to read. Right. We right. need our I, children. Yep. We produce some of the lowest reading scores in the state. Yeah, that's so a, that's we a, want kids to read. And so now we're arguing about them reading. And so it's like, okay, how do we compromise? How do we fix that? And I think that involvement with the parent, making the parent feel secure and giving them that opportunity and authority to say yes or no to this is an appropriate compromise and still okay. encouraging reading. Yeah, and, and that's available. Parents may not even realize they have that ability to tell the librarian, I want this, I don't want that. That's all available. And, you know, the challenge is you say, how do you fig- How do you find these norm settings for other people's kids? And it's, it's again, it's complicated. Hard. Hey, let's get a quick traffic on the fives from Candy Cullerton. Uh, news, radio, and traffic on the fives. I-10 East and westbound clear. There are no issues with any on or off ramps. If you have traffic tips, you can text 437-1620. Candy Cullerton for News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Jewel Canada Wynn and Rusty Branch here on The Rep. Uh, we've got a text in here. Somebody says, Miss Canada Wynn is right on point. We need year-round schools and programs in those areas where children fall behind. Too much focus on funding on parks and recreation in poor areas and not a priority on education. Uh, make schools and education uh, our priority. Somebody else says, city needs better public transportation for low-income people who can get to work. Uh, and uh, she's they say you are speaking common sense and truth. No mention of you, Rusty. Um, <laughs> I said about the transportation. I know you did. Come on. I, I Come on. You too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and we always run out of time so quickly. Um, I had actually thought we might talk about the election, but, you know, we didn't even really get there. Just one quick thing on the e-dates. You know, I've said my piece on this. You know, I'm I'm. I'm very marginally a no vote just because of the way the job market is right now. Uh, unfair to ask you in such short time. Rusty, you want to weigh in on this at all or your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's I, the job issue to me, right? Do we do we need more services? Does our county need more funds? Yeah. Or do we need more job opportunities? And I think we've done a great job. We've used the e-dates to effectively. They've stated that case. Yep. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a toss-up right now. Yeah. But uh, I don't think what we need today in Escambia County is more jobs. Um, we, we need, need more laborers. We, we, need, more <laughs> we need, labor. need more employees, we need more right? Training. We need more transportation to get people to jobs, right? Those are the sort of things, the infrastructure that helps to continue if, to grow. It, honestly, and I love your point. If I could be guaranteed that the business would, would come and be in communities that need it badly, sure. I, I'd be all for it. Uh, Jewel Canada win, Rusty Wrench, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for both of you, what you do for our community. I appreciate it. 